How can godly parents better equip their teens to deal with this sex-saturated society we live in today? Well, that's the topic we'll be discussing right now with our special guest. His name is Josh McDowell, and you're listening to Licensed to Parent. Hello, welcome to Licensed to Parent, the program designed to equip you with the tools to have your parenting license reinstated from the postmodern cultural ideologues that stole it from you. My name is Trace Embry. Alongside me is my fine, family-friendly, fearless, and faithful co-host, Walt Reed. Walt, you ready to do it? I'm ready to do it. All right. Well, Licensed to Parent is the outreach ministry of Shepherd's Hill Farm. And for those of you new to the program, Shepherd's Hill Farm is a Christ-centered, biblically-based, undoubtedly a politically incorrect outdoor residential program and school for struggling teenagers. Kids at uh, Shepherd's Hill Farm live a year in the communities they've carved out in the woods with no electricity, away from the negative cultural influences, long enough to have their appetites retrained to enjoy the million and one things that God has given mankind to enjoy life with, other than just sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's a discipleship training ground and a proving ground for the power of God's word, will, and way. Kids and families from all over the world have found healing and transformation as a result of learning and experiencing not new ideas, but old and timeless truths found in God's Word. Old-fashioned doesn't mean outdated, Walt. We've, uh, we serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And, and although God never changes, we know that times do. Walt and I have uh, seen way too many life transformations at Shepherd's Hill Farm to believe that the men and women who minister with us there are not unlike those Old Testament sons of Issachar, folks who understand the times and know what to do. Our ultimate goal is not to separate our kids from the culture, but rather give them a, a respite from it, all while preparing them uh, to return to it with a biblical understanding of truth, life, reality, themselves, their families, and their God. Today we're going to be talking with another man who understands our times and has taught folks all over the world on what to do about it. Walt, can you tell our listening audience just a little bit about Josh McDowell? Yes, Trace. For the sake of those who don't know about Josh McDowell, Josh McDowell is known all over the world as an author, a speaker, and an expert on youth culture and parenting. Just a few of his many books include More Than a Carpenter, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, and The Disconnected Generation, and over 100 others. You can find more about Josh by going to his website at josh.org, or you can go to our website, which is shftenes.org. That's shfteens.org. Trace. Josh, are you there? I am sure here listening to you guys, man. I'm all excited. (laughs) Well, we're excited to have you. Welcome to Licensed to Parent. I want to thank you for your ministry and, and thank you for the time that you've given us to talk today. Uh, you and, and men like Francis Schaefer and others before you have, have helped plow the way for men like Walter. Well, I, I thought I thought you were going to say last week you interviewed Francis Schaefer. Oh, no, 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 no. I was going to no. say, wow, you're good. <laughs> we're not that good. <laughs> But, uh, you know, you guys have helped help us uh, effectively do what we do at Shepherd's Hill Farm and, and even here at Licensed Apparent. And for that, I want to thank you. Well, then you turn around and bless others. Isn't that what the body of Christ is supposed to be? That's what it's all about. Josh, I want to talk to you uh, today about the topic of sex as it applies to our teens um, and how to help parents and their kids navigate a culture that has, has gone absolutely Sodom and Gomorrah on us. Has it ever been more difficult in America to raise a teenager, especially a Christian teenager? You know, probably every generation thinks it's more difficult than the previous generation. Uh, and it's probably true. And so I would say it's probably more difficult today, and one of the biggest reasons is you have more pressure on our kids with the Internet, with a cell phone, with text messaging, and uh, the media. Um, 
entertainment media. Yeah. And so you have today a greater, more powerful, uh, invasive uh, influence on kids that we never had before. So yeah, it would be harder today. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, disagree with that. Uh, because a lot of this stuff is piped right into the homes. We're, we're, we've been talking about the power of uh, the media over the last several weeks, music in particular. But I want to ask you, why has the subject of sex been such a difficult thing for American families to deal with, particularly Christian families? Because I think the way it's almost always been presented. One, it's been presented with a shade of, it's something you don't talk about, it's kind of not spiritual even taking, saying, you know, it's kind of sinful. Mm -hmm. And as a result, people are hesitant with it. And and yet it is something very personal. But um, it's also something that's very social yeah. and relational. But uh, one of the biggest things is this. You go into an average youth group or anyone, and even with adults, they say, do you believe the Bible teaches sex is sinful? 85% will say yes. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, you're absolutely wrong. Yeah. There's not one single verse in the Bible from Genesis all the way through the maps. I used to think they were inspired. That uh, even hints that sex is sinful. Mm -hmm. People look at me and say, what? And then I just take my Bible and say, show me one verse where it says sex is sinful. Yeah. One lady wrote out ten, and not one of them had anything to do with sex. They had to do with the misuse of sex. Yeah. Sure. And what we've done, we've taught our kids from way back to great-grandparents great to grandparents to parents, etc. We've taken what the Bible says about the misuse of sex, and we attribute it to sex. Sure, sure. Yeah. Have we given a little fodder uh, to, to the secular humanists uh, who might blame our Christian background, maybe the, from the Victorian times? Uh, I mean, are, are we at fault here? Are, are we Christians at fault here for, well, for how would, America views it? I think you hit the point. We have contributed to it. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I'd like to. Could I do this illustration? <laughs> yeah. There were um, six young ladies who... Um, all were in each other's weddings. Uh, three of the six were from pastors' families. Five of the six were from the South. And after their first year of marriage, they all went on a retreat together, just the six of them. And at the retreat, they started to share about their honeymoon and the first year of marriage and everything. And the one young lady that called me said it was so sad Every one of them shared how hard it was, how hard their honeymoon was, and adjustments sexually, everything. Mm -hmm. And the young lady called me said, when it got to be my turn to share, I didn't want to. I felt guilty. Sure. And I said, why? said, because I shared I had a fabulous honeymoon. Mm -hmm. uh, we had so enjoyed our sex life this first year. And she said it because the way my parents always positioned it. Mm-hmm is that it's one of the most wonderful things in the world. And it's not sinful, therefore don't do it, but it's so beautiful, therefore wait. Sure. And so right there it shows the difference. Five out of the six girls have struggled for one year because of the sexual issue, because of the way they were raised and taught. The sex is dirty, sex is sinful, sex is dirty. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and our country's adopted that as well. I mean, but let me ask you this. You go around the world. Is the topic of sex better dealt with in other countries around the world? Absolutely not. Uh, in, say, Europe, where if it is dealt with, for me, it's dealt with in a total wrong context. Mm -hmm. 
and substance. In Africa, it's not dealt with. I was in Africa uh, with a thousand young people from 35 countries at a conference. And after the first day, they started calling me uh, Papa Josh. And I spoke on sex one, one day. Whoa! I was inundated. And they um, would come to me and say, can I ask you a question? I don't know my dad. I don't have a father. My father died of AIDS, etc. Mm. But can I ask you a question you can only ask a daddy? Yes, and whoa. First one was, is oral sex sex? Uh, and it was interesting to see. I never met one child that anyone had ever talked to him about sex. Hmm whether in the church or out of the church. Oh, wow. Doesn't it, doesn't it go back to worldview, though? I mean, you talk a lot about worldview. I know we do at, at Shepherd's Hill Farm and, and here at the Licensed Parent. Uh, but don't we, do, don't we need to do a better job of, of uh, training up our kids with a biblical worldview? I mean, when you look at Barna statistics, it's appalling to find out where we're at in the evangelical church. Uh, would you agree with that? Well, I think the number one thing to pass on to our children is a worldview. Because those who have a biblically-based worldview, the impact in their life is greater than almost anything else. Uh, and what a worldview is, is how you view the world. Sure. And in the subject we've been talking about sex, is you don't isolate sex. How does sex fit in to the overall scope of life, of reality, of what's real? Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing, you know, because in... Well, most people don't do is go back and say, why did God created sex? create sex? And most of them, I mean, most people just teach procreation. Well, that's true. If your parents had played around, you wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but second is a unity factor, where he said the man should leave his mother and father and cleave unto his wife, and the two should become one flesh. And Jesus repeated that, and so did Paul. Mm-hmm. But third, this one I get in trouble with, well, the main reasons why God created sex is what I call recreational sex. Just have one hilarious good time. Uh, but in Proverbs 5, it says, with the wife of your youth, not the choir leader, not the right. <laughs> not your neighbor's wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, but with the wife of your youth. Within the boundaries of marriage. That's yeah. right. I, and it says this in Proverbs 5. It says, let her breast, uh-oh, the B word, <laughs> but I'm just being biblical, so let her breast satisfy you at all times. Yeah. And people say to me, do you take the Bible literally? I said, I sure like to hear. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the Bible could be considered an R-rated book, uh, looked at it uh, in, in that perspective. But, you know, I heard Adrian Rogers Well, say, you take much of the Bible and just quote it, and if you have a, um, oh, what do you call it, not a screen, but a, that, that edits it out things on the Internet and all, uh-huh. a lot of the Bible would be edited out when you get sure. to... Uh, First Corinthians uh, six eighteen. You get to Proverbs and some of the things in uh, Song of Solomon. It wouldn't pass through That's right. the uh, filters. That's exactly right. You know, I heard Adrian Rogers say one time that uh, uh, sex outside of marriage. He he says it's like. Uh, uh, well, sex inside a marriage is like a, a beautiful uh, mud statue, clay statue out in the field. And he says, but sex outside a marriage is like that same mud statue on my living room carpet. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. But, I would say more it's like a statue of gold out in the field. <laughs> there you go. There you go. 
Uh, sex charge imagery is everywhere today. Kids are having sex by appointment. They're, they're sexting. Uh, the Internet, you know, is just full of it. Uh, what, what are some of the things Christian parents can do to help their kids remain pure until their wedding night? Well, the number one thing is from the moment they're born, build a relationship with them. Here's the thing. Truth without relationships leads to rebellion. Rules without relationships leads to rebellion. A sex talk without relationships definitely leads to rebellion. Build a loving, intimate relationship. Second, model the very love that you want your children to experience. This is where people get upset with me, but I said, I want my children to know that I absolutely enjoy sex with their mother. Most parents would rather die. <laughs> oh, I know. I, mean, I, I know. said, it's common sense. Yep. How is it? Because, see, the key in the Bible is not don't do it because it's so sinful, but wait because it's so beautiful. Well, how is a child supposed to know it's beautiful? Going to Planned Parenthood or taking a sex ed class? No. Mm-hmm. Is it a child grows up and says, I want with my future husband, what my daddy has with my mother. Sure. Wow. And with my kids, that was true. That's why in, in correcting a lot of them in moral issues, I would say, son, do you know that I love you? Yes. Son, do you know that I love your mother? Yes. And this is a key. Son, when you get married, in marriage and love and sex and children, do you want with your wife and children what I have with your mother and your kids? Well, yeah, dad. Then, son, don't do that. It can rob you of it. Yeah. So yeah, first, yeah. build a relationship with them. Then model the very love. And then third, straightforward and frank starting at the moment they're born on sex. You don't wait for the big talk. That's about the dumbest thing in the world. I agree with you, Josh. We'll come up on a break. I know you, we're time-sensitive here for you. Can you stay with us for a few more minutes, or do you have to go? Uh, you know, I have to go. All right. Well, God bless you. Thank I'm you. I'm so sorry. Uh, hey, but... Thank God for what you all do. You just need to multiply yourself all over the country and the world. Thank you for that encouragement. All right. You have a great day. Bye-bye. Here's Senator Jim DeMint on Christian Talk 660. I'm not going to give up. I really feel like we're fighting for our country. It's not just about health care. They've got several things right behind this, Tony. Financial re-regulation. The president wants more control of education. Uh, those Democrats who were promised abortion and other things are going to be fixed. Uh, I mean, they just bought some beachfront property in Arizona. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Join us weekday mornings from 7 to 9 for Christian Worldview Today. Magnesium citrate, potassium iodide, vitamin B12, boron citrate, selenium. They are the vitamins and minerals you need for life. Manganese, gluconate, copper, vitamin C, zinc. Some you've never heard of, some you can't even pronounce, yet your body understands them and puts them to good use. Biotin, beta carotene, folic acid, potassium, omega-3, thiamine. Your body doesn't think, oh, I can't pronounce that, so I don't think we need it. Your body doesn't say, that one doesn't sound very interesting, we can do without that. Your body just accepts these vitamins and minerals and it keeps you alive and healthy. Vanadol sulfate, vitamin B6, coenzyme Q12. Now let's talk about your spirit. There are vitamins and minerals for the spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Psalm 23, John chapter 4. You may not understand everything you read and you probably won't find every verse that exciting. But just like those vitamins and minerals your body needs, your spirit also needs a healthy dose of scripture. The Bible, good nutrition for the soul. John 3.16. You found Christian Talk. 660. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's kind of like an elephant is on my chest. 
hurts. I feel like I'm choking. Sometimes my parents have to take me to the hospital. You know how to react to their asthma attacks. Here's how to prevent them. Call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. Visit www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many. I feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council. Good afternoon and welcome back to Licensed to Parent. My name is Walt Reed. We're in the studio now. Uh, live, you can give us a call at one 660 wlfj That's 1-888-660-9535. Uh, we just got off the phone with Josh McDowell. The, those of you who heard it may want to call us with a question or a comment. Uh, also, I want to give out some more information. You can find us uh, on the internet by typing in shfteens.org. That's shfteens.org. When you get on that web page, I want to encourage you to cursor down to the lower right-hand side there, and you'll see a little green circle that has the word watch on it. And uh, click on that. That's an eight-minute video that shows you life at Shepherd's Hill Farm. Uh, across from that, if you go over to there, you'll see a, an old-timey microphone. If you'd like to click on that that'll take you to the radio broadcast page which we have information and also have our archives there uh, we have all of our previous shows that we've done a lot of different subjects you can just uh, go through the different months that we've been doing this and uh, pick out a subject that you would like to listen to one more thing on the web page I want to encourage you to uh, check our blog section out trace has a lot of information on there and these are just resources that we're, that we're giving to you to help you as a parent as we raise our teenagers in these times that we now live in. And Trace, an interesting blog that, that's just most current about this that I read this morning is the Boys Construction Project. You know, so I'm thinking, oh, construction project. So I'm reading this, reading this. Well, the construction project, you know, Terry, you did a great job on that web page, and she called it a lavatory. But it's really <laughs> an outhouse, outhouse in the woods. <laughs> now, how many people, you know, I've built houses before, but I have to admit something i have never built an outhouse so that's but it's not just about the outhouse it's what these kids learn by doing something like that yeah so, absolutely uh, so another thing too is a lot of people don't like to be on the telephone and be heard so trace does have an email address and i'll give that to you that's trace at license to parent and let me spell that for you that's t-r-a-c-e at license the number two the word parent Dot org and of course our office number is 706-779-5766 that was a good conversation with josh mcdowell wasn't it yeah yeah josh good man good ministry and uh we've we've certainly used some of his material at shepherd hill farm right uh last week we were talking about uh helping our kids navigate the media and uh things like the internet tv movies radio uh, etc uh, so many people, parents, uh, have no idea how damaging these things can actually be. And we were reading a study last week uh, from uh, uh, was the University of Michigan, I believe, uh, talking about repeated exposure to violent television and video games is the strongest predictor of violence in adulthood. Uh, the study re supports what has long been suspected that viewing violent entertainment and participating in virtual violence through video games have profoundly serious 
implications for society, not just for the individuals, not just for the kids, but for society. And, uh, you know, we talk a lot about culture. And, you know, we are the culture. You know, and, and how we behave will determine how our culture uh, behaves. But then it says the amount of violence children watch on TV when they're young predicts how violently they'll behave in adulthood, showing an even stronger influence on aggressive behavior than living in poverty, engaging in substance abuse, or having an abusive parent. Now, all society has accepted how bad an abusive parent is, how bad substance abuse is and how bad poverty poverty is but they have yet to come to the place to understand just how dangerous uh, and significant violence in the media is now we were talking to josh about sex in the media and i gotta tell you there's statistics that show just how damaging that is as he, well that's the first thing he brought up was the media that the, the the pressure that the media puts on about sex mm-hmm. i think it's critically uh, important to understand that it's arguably more more important rather to give our our kids good healthy and and wholesome alternatives in all these mediums as opposed to just a legalistic list of things that that we should simply avoid. In other words, fill the avoid void. We know from our experience at Shepherd's Hill Farm that our appetites, when it comes to just about anything, including entertainment, are largely acquired. You know, when I first moved to the South, Walt, I had hot boiled peanuts. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first few times I ate those things, I had to spit them out of my mouth. Now I'm addicted to them. So my appetite has been changed to to enjoy hot boiled peanuts. Well, the same is true in media. Uh, We can minimize rebellion in our kids if we'll give them something they want to pursue. Okay, but but we must give them some healthy alternatives, expose them to some new things, uh, like old wholesome forms of entertainment. You know, there's actually a Bible study right now uh, uh, that uses the Andy Griffith show. I didn't know that. Yeah, this is a mainstream secular TV program, the Andy Griffith uh, show. And uh, now you can see it in Christian uh, bookstores, which tells you just how different the culture is, you know, 40 years ago than than today. But... uh, Tell us about the uh, filler on the roof uh, thing that uh, you discovered. Walt's a music teacher at our uh, at our uh, school, Shepherd Hill Farm, Shepherd Hill Academy, and uh, he's got some interesting data here from uh, Fiddler on the Roof, which is which came out in what 1971. Uh, yes, it did 1971. Well, it came out in the 60s, I think, originally, but as the movie came out in 71. Yeah, the movie came out in 71, but there was a play. Tell uh, our listening audience about all okay, that. Okay, well, glad you brought that up because actually you'll be able to read more about this uh, on our blog. I think Terry's working on that. But uh, one of the things I do in music class when the kids first come in, I take a survey and uh, ask them questions like, you know, how were you exposed to music and movies? And I ask them, you know, what have you been listening to? So all the kids fill out these little surveys as I get them in. So on the music side, most of the boys and the girls, they're all listening, of course, rap, hip hop heavy metal all i mean it, it just it's 100 percent all the way and they've never had anything to, to other to listen to have they ever tried any other avenues of uh no. of music no i mean i mean the surveys are almost 100 percent and so then the next thing i do is i ask them what kind of movies do you watch of course video games well on the movie side there's there's a difference the boys like to watch the action-packed violent beat them up rough them up martial arts type things you know now the girls this is what has amazed me the girls like to watch scary horror movies and you know i'm talking about the halloween i, I laugh at halloween 29 and saw 26 you know because they just keep sequeling this movie over so you have difference in movies well it was we were getting ready to go to nashville tennessee one of the assignments that i have in class is i let them know we're going to watch a movie and then i'm going to allow them to be a movie critic they're going to write me an essay on it well here's the deal i said you're going to watch a musical 
Well, you should have seen the looks on these kids' face when it was going to be a musical. Mm-hmm. And it's the, it's the movie Fiddler on the Roof. So while you and I are in Nashville, you know, for six days, the kids are watching the movie each and every day. And then as I got the essays, I want to tell you, this year, I was amazed. I was really <laughs> amazed. Um, well, it proves our point, right? It, it, it just, in me, it was just another confirmation that proves that what we're doing, you say it all the time, recreating an appetite. So, like I said, these kids come to the farm, and they don't have their cell phones, they don't have their iPods, they don't have their ways to listen to the music that they've been listening to. And uh, I love what you say, we have a captive audience, <laughs> and uh, so we expose them to something different and new. So, Trace, I just want to tell you a little bit about it. Uh, one of the main things that you'll see on there that, that really got the kids were they were all all of the kids i think were open to jewish not jewish traditions but it wasn't just the jewish traditions the, the things that they do as jews you know the way they do the the sabbath day and the way they did just their life in general but it was the way that the family values were carried on knowing how their ancestors carried on mm-hmm. the mothers and the fathers it just really amazed me the kids saw that the father was actually saying okay this is the sabbath day this is what we're going to do. He was what we're talking about. License to parent. Boundaries. He, yes, boundaries. <laughs> and also enforcing this is a family. This is our tradition. This is our value. This is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. The kids saw that. And then what really amazed me was about it is they want to know more about it. But also by them seeing this in, their, in, their, uh, uh, in a movie, these kids are thinking about their own families. When's sure. the last time we had a family movie night? Right. When's the last time we just discussed it and everything like that? Now, listen, this is coming from, this is coming from the kids. This is, I haven't told them to do anything. Right. And it just amazed them about just the family values. Um, and I can't tell you how many letters I had that said, I would love to sit down and watch more musicals or movies like this with my family. Because we exposed them to it. We exposed them to it. Yeah. So they're waiting for me to play the next musical or next thing. Mm-hmm. But I want to just say just a couple comments here. But the uh, lesson in this is that yeah. parents need to expose their kids to, they to, need to more to wholesome it. things. They might acquire an appetite. I mean, Hollywood makes more money on G-rated movies than anything else. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, do I've done it in my house. I, my kids, I say, we're going to watch this movie. And this is what I Oh, that's an old movie. Or it's black and white. It's black and white. Yeah. And I say, that's okay. We're going to sit down and watch it. And it has yet failed me in my home that when they watch it, they turn to me and say, man, that was a good movie. Sure. That was a good movie. Because yep. guess what, Trace? We're talking, you said two generations. We're talking 40 years. Right. With Andy Griffith and everything like that. Sure. So I encourage phone parents and families to have a movie night and recreate an appetite for different things if you don't expose your kids to it they're not going to do it right music entertainment i mean all all kinds of stuff but read read some of the letters that the the kids okay this one two minutes left okay uh here's one real quick and uh it had incredible original songs that were very catchy these are kids and it was an entertaining movie uh, here's another one. Before we watched Fiddler on the Roof, I thought it would be really stupid and lame, but it was actually extremely good. I really enjoyed it. Not only was the movie interesting and had a really good story, but I thought the music was great. Thanks, Mr. Walt, for having us watch this movie, and I can't wait until we see another musical. Trace, why don't you close the program and uh, tell them what you always tell them about training up the kids, because this is exactly what we've been talking about. Well, I think this gives evidence to the fact that our kids need to be exposed to alternatives to the garbage that MTV, VH1, and BET are putting out there. Uh, you know, because our appetites are trained, Walt. You know, and if, if all our kids hear and see is the stuff that comes over MTV, VH1, and BET, 
ET, then that, those are the things that they're going to uh, acquire appetites for, just like myself and the, and the hot-boiled peanuts, you know? Um, so we, we've we got, we got to fill that void. Don't just tell your kids, uh, you can't do this, you can't do that. Give them something to do. Uh, if you say you can't listen to that, give them something to listen to. If they can't watch that, give them something to watch. You know, fill that avoid void, so to speak, because you know we are responsible for training our kids. Deuteronomy six six and seven says, you know, these commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get when you get up. I kind of botched that scripture up a little bit, but uh, go to Deuteronomy six six and seven and read it for yourself. But if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you Saturday at eleven o'clock, next Thursday at twelve thirty.